It's the Dort Podcast. It's the Dort Podcast. Rich Keith. It's the Dort Podcast. It's the Hashtag Dort Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Hashtag Dork. My name is Rich Keefe, and look who's back. It's Ryan Davey. Look who's back, back again. Yes. Great to yeah. have you back. Uh, Good to be back. What were you able to do with your time off? Anything? Uh, I got two little kids running around, so it was a lot of, like, just people, a lot of crying. Um, the yeah. kids and me yeah, just sure. crying. Yeah. Very you similar know. to the podcast here. We get very emotional on the yeah. podcast. Uh, we yeah. have a very... It wasn't really a week off. No, I know. It wasn't. We we touched on Alan Moore last week with uh, Uncle Buck, who was sad that he he missed you. But uh, you're also a big fan of Alan Moore, huge fan, huge fan of Alan Moore. Was I the, would put him slight edge above Frank Miller in my in my mind as yeah. the greatest comic book writer of all time. Now Watchmen's got to be the most must read one out of all of his. Do you? I assume that's number one. If it's not number one, do you have another one? No, I mean, like like you said, like you and Uncle Buck said, it's not just a good graphic novel. I don't know, mm. as you said, Alan Moore doesn't like. It's comic books. Com- yes. He doesn't like graphic novel. He likes comic books. Yes. So not only is it one of the greatest comic books of all time, it's one of the best pieces of literature yeah, it really I've is. ever read. Yeah, no, it is. So, now, what do you think it, about uh, The Killing Joke? Like, for somebody who's never read it, do you think it's a, it's a must-read? Uh, so you might, get, you might get the wrong idea. You know, if you, I think if you have to you know, read some Alan Moore first and kind of see where this guy's coming from, because you you walk into it, and you think it's just a Batman story, and it's going to be, but it's it gets it's different. It goes real dark, real quick. And one of the things you guys didn't bring up is like, yeah, there's the thing, the implied scenes with Barbara Gordon, but then there's that whole scene where he's the Joker singing to Commissioner Gordon, who's naked and chained with these like little like baby looking like little people. It's weird. Yep. It's it gets real weird. So <laughs> I, I don't know if that's where you start. Yeah, no. Definitely but, yeah, something you should read. That's good. But, that's like a fair warning. Like as like a heads yeah. up, it's not it's not your dad's Batman book. It's a little Well, maybe it is. It's definitely actually, not your mom's, but it may might be your dad. Actually, we don't, we don't want to get into that though. There's that's a chance that it could be. All right, well, today we have a very special topic. We're going back in the uh the old time machine. Shout out to HG Wells. We're going to talk about <laughs> The King of Kong, which is a uh a documentary back in 2007. It feels like it was even older than that. I was shocked that it was only 10 years ago that this came out. But we'll, we'll get full, as Davey would say, balls deep into that. But first, yep. uh, are you ready for the next segment of the program? I'm so excited. This week in yeah. All right, first off, let's get a sh- another shameless plug out of the way. We are selling T-shirts. So that is going to be this week and forever weeks, well, at least for the the near future, T-shirts. You can check it out. We have a pinned tweet at Dork Podcast. And if you're not on Twitter, you can just simply go to represent.com and then in the search bar, type in Dork and you'll notice our shirt. It's a nice black T-shirt with the hashtag Dork logo. And uh, people have been buying them up. So thank you already if you have bought a shirt. Uh, there's never never a bad time for a T-shirt. Really, really, whether, whether Davey, you prefer to be really hot or really cold, a t-shirt <laughs> that's what we should have tagged it on the thing the description don't the start don't start <laughs> all right all right we're moving off a we t-shirt. should know we should do our next t-shirt should be too hot like we make two t-shirts one says too hot and too cold <laughs> no and then we I'd have people ra- walk yeah. around the greater boston area and just get in fights yeah like i'd rather be really hot and then the other shirt, i would rather be really cold yeah yeah that's not bad uh mac and goo were suggesting that we come up with some of our catchphrases and put those on shirts i was like let's i was like let's see how the hashtag dork ones do first before we before we start uh branding you know davy's video game minute t-shirts and things like that how about we have a couple of release dates announced this was actually this past week but uh since the last episode uh star wars episode nine of course no name yet who knows i mean there, there may even be a spoiler attached or they don't even have it yet but episode nine is coming out May twenty fourth, two thousand nineteen, which is strange. Are they're usually Christmas, right? Like every been, Star yeah. Wars that I've known has been Christmas. So the last strange. couple, yeah, they have been. So I don't know. They, they want to get in on the uh, the summer movie blockbusters, I suppose. Yes. And then Indiana Jones five, July fifth yeah. of twenty twenty, and I say this with a great deal of confidence that Indiana Jones four. Is one of the biggest piles of shit of all time. Well, it, it was good to know for all of us that you can escape a nuclear blast just by hiding in a refrigerator. Yes. Yep. So that's good. So as long as so you have a refrigerator, yeah, you're good. You're in good shape. 
Who knows nothing. where the world's going to be by 2020, but at least you know that you can hide in your refrigerator if a nuclear blast is coming. Do we need an Indiana Jones 5? Uh, yeah, because there's going to be some strange artifact that he finds in the nursing home that we need to, <laughs> that mystery needs to be solved. Yeah. You know, Harrison Ford's going to be 80 years old. You, oh my God, really? Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, I guess Jesus. so. <laughs> Do you think? And that guy, in like the last two movies he's done, like he's done Blade Runner and he's done Star Wars, obviously. Yeah, he's bringing them all, so, like, all he's the good been, ones like, back. He's had like serious injuries mm. from, from both. Like maybe it's just... Yeah, one of them, he just, like, fell down the Death Star. Or not the Death Star, he fell down the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> yeah. The only he crashed a plane into a golf course. Well, he shouldn't be flying. He really no. shouldn't be. Like, I don't like Did old people see... driving around in a car, let alone in a plane. My favorite Harrison Ford moment, my wife watches, you've heard of David Blaine, obviously, right? I love David Blaine. He had, do you have you seen his new special on Netflix? Yes, I have. With, and the best scene is when he's with Harrison Ford and he does the thing with the fruit. Oh, it melts his mind. And he just looks him dead in the eye and goes, get the fuck out of my house. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was the funniest thing ever. Yeah, it was. That was good. Fuck yeah. Harrison Ford. Yeah, so I don't that know. bastard. I mean, 2020, that's kind of presumptuous, isn't it? It's only 2017. Exactly. And he's going to be 80. Like, Oh, maybe they'll just Grand Moff ta- uh, Tarkin him and just be like, yeah, he's in it. It's like, that's not him. Well, Connery's still, you think Connery's going to be in it, too? <laughs> well, Connery looks better than Ford does. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, maybe he will be. You think Short Round will be in it? <laughs> can you imagine if they bring out like a middle-aged <laughs> Short Round? Yeah, yes, I can. <laughs> That'd get me in the door. Put him on the poster, at least. I don't care if he's yeah. he doesn't have to be in it. Just put him on the poster. Uh, he's like, put the Yankee hat on. He's like, I don't <laughs> want to put the Yankee hat on. He's like, I'm a grown man. <laughs> Drive. He's doing this, all the same stuff to him. Like, it sucks. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I, anyway, I don't really have much of an interest in that, but people will see it. Uh, Jeff Goldblum. Is he going to be in Jura- the Jurassic World sequel? That's, I'm excited. That's I'm excited news. for that. Good. Dr. Ian Malcolm is back. What did you think of Jurassic World? Uh, I, I thought it was a perfectly fine summer movie that you could just go to and just be entertained. Yeah, um, yeah I'm with and, you on that. Obviously, people have huge problems with like Bryce Dallas Howard you know, running away from dinosaurs and heels that, the whole time. The heels. Like, take your shoes off. The heels thing kind that, of bugged me. I'll be honest. That bothered a lot of people. Yeah. Um, Chris Pratt kind of being a douche. Uh, chauvinistic douchebag rub people the wrong way. Yeah, I think but, the the actors or whatever. But again, you're you're watching it for the dinosaurs, and I yeah, love yeah. I love dinos, and they did a pretty good job with that. And like they made it, like they they kept it in the universe, which I thought was a really good job. Being like, all right, this the the park that they wanted all all around, all along is a success, and like this is what yeah. it would look like. So I'm like, I I like that part of it. Yeah, I didn't I didn't mind it. I mean, I know. Uh, but like you said, I mean, you're not watching it for story. No, dinos. I mean, that's like watching that's like watching adult movies for story mm. and and dialogue. You know, like you notice no. they they never fix the cable. They ne- I know. <laughs> and the pizza guy, like, yeah. somebody like, can eat they, that. They, pizza? No one ever eats the pizza. <laughs> it's a perfectly good pie right there. Uh, the yeah. pizza, the pizza. <laughs> Getting cold. Somebody eat that, please. Yeah. All right, this might interest you, Ryan, uh, as you're a, a a big fan of film and and like the nuance behind film. The, uh, the movie Logan, which we both gave a 6 out of 6, is going to be in theaters on May 16th in black and white. I'm actually, I, I might go see this. I think part of me, when this first got announced, part of me thinks that that's the way the movie was intended to be seen. I, yeah, I, I think you're right. And they didn't, they probably couldn't have marketed it that way, but I'm guessing there's going to be some like Blu-ray double feature where you can like watch it in regular or black and white. Yeah. Which would be sweet. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll give you the, the both options there. But yeah, that movie was was tops. That's still the leader in the clubhouse uh, for 2017 movies, and it's not close. Well, well, <laughs> we'll see. I know there's there's one coming down the corner. In fact, uh, yep. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two is this week. Now we debated on whether or not to do a Guardians One slash Guardians and Comics episode. We could always do that down the road, but we decided to do something else. But next week, we will definitely give you a recap of Guardians 2. I already bought my ticket. I'm ready to, ready to rock this weekend. Yep. Uh, this movie looks looks tops. And and, and I, I don't read the specific reviews, but you can't ignore some of the headlines. And every single thing has been positive so far. Like, very and positive. They said, and there was an early, they did like an early test screening of it for audiences, and it tested 100%. Yeah, it's pretty which, good. I guess no movie ever does that. No. 
So there's a lot of buzz, like a lot. And I think part of the mystique and why we really love Guardians of the Galaxy here at the Hashtag Dork Podcast is it kind of came out of nowhere. Yes. Um, we're just like, all right, cool. Like, it was a Marvel movie. And Much like this like, podcast. Yeah. Came like out of the, nowhere. It just came out of nowhere. Now we're just uh, Killing you know, it. a ball of fire. Yeah. <laughs> now um, we have t-shirts, for Christ's sake. Yeah, no, look at us. We're big time. <laughs> Next thing, it's, you know, the headbands and, you know, the kids are in, the kids are involved. You know, we have, like, little Keith action figures. Ooh, maybe we need, like, you a... Pull, yeah. You pull the string. Oh, they didn't pose. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think maybe, like, a Funko Pop. The two of oh, us. Ooh. We get, like, a pop. Yeah. That'd be, eh, I like that. Something to consider. But yeah, so we're all jacked up about Guardians, and uh, we'll have that for you next week. And again, if you don't happen to see it this week, you can still listen to the podcast because we'll always give you a uh, spoiler-free portion at the beginning, and then we'll go all into spoilers after that. And uh, other movie news here, Ryan. Aquaman starts shooting next week. Does that get you excited or what? I, and when you, you wrote this in the notes, I'm like, they haven't started this yet? <laughs> I feel like none of these DC movies are ever going to be made until they're literally on the screen. Like, you, you see, you know, Zack Zach, Zach Snyder's putting out, like, test footage of, like, what it's going to look like with Aquaman swimming. And, you know, these are some characters. Like, they actually show the people playing the characters in costume. Yeah. And then I'm like, what do you mean you haven't started shooting yet? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> what, what is this? What is all this yeah. stuff? <laughs> like, yeah, well, well. like, we haven't started any type of production yet, but here we go. You know, production on the movie, but the costumes look sweet, and this is what it's gonna look like once we start this. Like, really, you haven't started yet? You might want to get get going there. They yeah. did bump it, didn't they? Didn't or they they put they they changed the release date by like a month or so? But I don't think that. Is and I think it was because it. it was lined up with something else that was, yeah. they know is gonna kick its ass, and I don't remember what it was. <laughs> it was Indiana Jones Five. They said we can't <laughs> we can't go near this. Uh, there's a couple of TV notes. I don't know. There's one specifically. That I didn't know if you were saving for pick of the podcast or if you wanted to get to it now. I don't uh, know. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Did you see American Gods? I did. Pretty, pretty good. It's pretty good. And I having, I've, I'm, you know, this is a dork podcast, so I can tell you, I've read the book three times and the way they set up everything is, is actually pretty cool. Like the, the scene with Bill Quist, with uh, was it Bill Murray's brother there? Where she, I don't want, I don't want to get into it. But there's a, there's a weird sex scene. That's um, that's Bill Murray's brother. That's Bill Murray's brother. Yeah, one of his brothers. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So I I, I recognized him from Mad Men. He was one of the. You like, recognized the from Mad Men. Sales yeah, guys. He was in uh, One Crazy Summer. Opposite. He was one of the Stork twins with. Uh, no, he wasn't the one of the Stork twins. But he was with Dude, uh, Bobcat Goldthwaite, John Cusack. Yeah. That great is, movie. That is really funny. Yeah, yeah. So there there is a a uh, graphic sex scene. And in the book, it's that's actually toned down. In the book, it's actually worse. Wait, let me ask you something about the book. Is it okay? Is it uh, like a series of like issues? Is it like you know a twelve? No, it's issue? full on. It's full novel. It's just a one. It's a book, yep. and that's it. It's like a one-off. That's it. So if I pick that up, that's it. That's it. And uh, there, well, there's a he has so there's the American Gods novel. Yep. And then there's um, a Nancy Boys, which is, there's a character who you haven't met yet, Mister Nancy. Okay. Who it's about his kids. Okay. So he's in it, but it's like, you know, but Mr. Nancy is actually one of the cooler characters in the story. And you met one of the cooler, the, the sub-characters in, um, in uh, Mad Sweeney, the leprechaun. Yeah, so I think that's the dude from The Wire season two. He looks just... It like, is. It is. Okay, yeah, yeah, It yeah. is. Well, yeah. The, not... <coughs> what, uh, Nick, the yeah. Z- Ziggy's cousin there. Ziggy's cousin, yeah. That, like, that this is guy hasn't been in shit since uh, season two of The Wire. Yep, and you got the kid from uh, the Black Donnellys, who I haven't seen. Remember that show? It was yes. on for a season. Yeah, yeah I, did, I didn't see it. it. I know. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Now, yep. so do I've never read American Gods. After watching one episode, should I go and read it before I watch anymore? Or do you think I'll be fine just watching the show? Uh, you'll be fine because okay. you've met people now who you don't know who they are, especially Mister Wednesday. Okay, who I can tell you off air who that is if you if you would like. So I don't want to want to spoil it. No, I'll just I'll I'll watch it. I really I really enjoyed the first episode, and I want to, like I don't know how many people are going to watch it. It's on Stars, which is a random. It's like Ash versus Evil Dead, and this they don't. Like, yeah, I mean, they're, they're? but they're stepping their game up production wise. Yeah, oh, know, they like are. No, it looks yeah, it looks they, sweet. Yeah, they had Spartacus too, which which did really well for a long time. But um. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that they're kind of stepping there. They're trying to compete with HBO, and this is kind of their way to do it. And so this is right up our alley. So we'll definitely be checking in on American Gods, and depending on how the season goes, maybe we'll even do a uh, a whole episode on American Gods. I would love to. 
Yeah. So I would, that's something I've been wanting to get out of my system for some time. Good. Yeah, well, and by the time we do that, maybe I'll go back and read it, too. Because I, I do yeah. like Neil Gaiman. I'm surprised I've, I have not seen that. Uh, the Leftovers this week, it was uh, episode three of season three. And without giving uh, too much away, it was fine. I My, my problem was Nora and uh, Kevin are like my two favorite characters. They're the two main characters. And this isn't a huge spoiler because you could tell by the preview. They weren't in this episode. So it wasn't as good, in my opinion. But it's still pretty good. And so they've been changing the intro song like over the opening theme. And this yeah. week they did... Uh, a cover of Personal Jesus by Depeche Mode by Richard Cheese. You know that guy? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was it, he's, he's the guy who does like the lounge version of stuff, right? Of everything. Yeah, and like at the yeah. end of the Dawn of the Dead remake, he does the Disturbed song. And he's, yep. like, he's like, down with the sickness, come on, get up. So it's, yeah, I remember we had one good. of his CDs back in back in the day when we were youngsters. Yes. He did like Smells Like Teen Speed, did like Nirvana and like all a bunch of that stuff. He does, yeah, he does a lot of the good stuff there. So, yeah. uh Anything else this week in Dork before we get to the next uh, segment of the program? I don't want to catch you off guard this week. No, no, we're good. We're good there. It's time for Davey's Video Game Minute. Even if it takes more than a minute. Here we go. Now, we did not get uh, a Video Game Minute last week. People were saying, what the hell am I supposed to do with myself? What am I supposed to play? What's what's good in the video game world? So Davey is back this week for his Video Game Minute. Okay, so if you started, if you missed me last week, the thing that I wanted to talk about, I think we hit on it um, the the last podcast I was on, but the Telltale Guardians of the Galaxy series came out uh, with their first episode, uh, and it was good. I mean, it's it's def- if you're into those Telltale kind of choose your own adventure type games, um, and it's a little bit quicker paced than the Batman one. Oh, okay. Um, so it, so it is it is pretty fun. Um, but the the this week uh, I tweeted out um, I started playing Outlast two. Yes. Um, which takes everything that was good about the first one and improves on it, um, which is which is great. Um, I said I played it for 15 minutes and then spent the next 15 minutes cleaning myself up. Yeah, that was um, graphic, I thought. Dude, well, you know, we, we're not above pee-pee, poo-poo jokes. We um, are not, no. I li- it didn't literally do that, but metaphorically. I mean, I'm that idiot who I was like, okay, well, the time I get to play video games is at night. And I don't want to disturb my wife when she's watching something, so I throw on headphones. So I'm sitting in the dark <laughs> with headphones on, playing Outlast 2 like an absolute maniac. Um, and that proved to be a terrible idea. See, it's, so, so that's where my mind goes, though. When somebody says they have to clean themselves up, I usually don't think of pee-pee poo-poo. I go oh, to you're like, thinking of something. That, yeah, yeah I go you to, went real gross with well, it. Well, that's yeah. just me. Like, I go, like, oh, he must have really liked this game. Like, that's what I... <laughs> That's, no, that, I that's meant, a me problem. <laughs> yeah, that's a you problem. That you put your own spin on that, not me. It's just um, I meant sweat that it and other the, stuff. It scared yeah. the pee and poo out of me. Got it. Um, and it does right off the bat. And it's great in that they kind of map it out for you a little. So, like, a, a light will turn on in a house, and you're like, oh, I have to go that way. You know yeah, what I mean? Okay. Um, but then that goes away very quickly, and the very first person you get to interact with, um, you don't really know how to get by her. No. So you have to like play it a couple times and like figure it out. Yep. Um, and you're in the dark, and the only f- like flashlight you have is like the camera with the night vision. Ooh, yeah, that, those games are scary. That's all you yeah. can see. Yeah, and you can't fight, so you just run. Like you just you, there's times where you can run, mm. but like you're, you think of like your head running, and you can press a button to like look behind you, but then you don't know what's in front of you, so it's. It's it's harrowing. Like you you, you don't want to play this by yourself. Oh, speaking of or have some wipes, have some wet wipes around you. <laughs> speaking of scary games that, that you don't want to play by yourself, whatever happened to that Friday the Thirteenth game? They that's like, still coming. That's in development. So they had the beta for that, and then you, that's um, that'll be coming next year. I are believe. You, are you going to get that? I think so. I think it would be fun. Um, Should we get that and we can play? Yeah, absolutely. Because right. I will say, in this is appropriate for the video game minute. We finally got together. With me, you, Wessy B from the Boxers, and Mac. Uh, Mac from Mac and Goo to play Overwatch last night, and we were awesome. Yeah, we had a good run. We were doing like we were that doing was well. the best I'd ever played in competitive play in Overwatch was with the four of us. Now I was I was a little upset. We tweeted this out a little while ago. I wasn't invited to the chat party, and everyone's giving me noise that I wasn't there. I was there. What are you talking about? I was invited to the party? Bullshit. We, you were, we weren't in a chat party. We were in a group. We had, you were in the group, and you couldn't hear. Yeah, you, but I. W- could you hear I us? In like the t- no, I couldn't hear anybody. What are you talking about? Well, why didn't you send sw- me a text or something? 
because I was too busy kicking ass. Well, I know you played quite well, but we were all talking. We we're like, because I remember one time you played because you have like the headset that does like to, to charge or whatever. So I'm like, well, maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe his thing's charging. Nope, uh, I was there. I was playing. What the I'm hell? Like, guys, we, we kept saying we're like, well, Davey doesn't want to talk to us. No, I was there and I was ready. It was waiting for my uh, chat group thing. Stop it. Because if you guys were in a party, we weren't in a party. In a group, we were in a group. Well, well, I feel like the kid who wasn't invited to the party because I couldn't hear a word you were saying. You would have been, you would have been like the reason for the party. Your name was on the on the banner. We, we were all excited. We're like, look who's here, look who's on. I know, and I was there. But we got to do that again because that was time. really fun. Because we we yeah. kicked ass absolutely. Uh, Before we start a game, we'll get the audio squared away. And then we had a uh, yeah, we got to we got to map that all out. But yeah, we're yeah. we're good. Uh, yeah, anything we're else? We're not just a good team on podcasts. We're a good team in things as well. You know what I mean? In real life. In real life. Well, well it's video games. Yeah. <laughs> That's it for the video, Davey's Video Game Minute. All right, let's get on to the topic du jour, Ryan. Which, what's that? That's the topic of the day. Nice. Yeah, uh, it kills. It's the king, the king of Kong, A Fistful of Quarters, a documentary made in 2007, or at least released in 2007. And I didn't realize this uh, until going back and looking at some of the stuff. It was directed by Seth Gordon. Who directed the first Horrible Bosses movie, and great. and he's directing the Baywatch movie that's coming out with The Rock and Zac Efron, which I'm gonna see. I think I'm gonna see that. It looks pretty funny. I bet it. Like, yeah, the, the Rock's great. So what did he do? Twenty one Jump Street two or twenty two Jump Street? Seth Gordon. Yeah, he might have. Mm, he may have. He also see, did. That's like, why I think Christmas it's kind of one of those vibes. You know, it's gonna be that vibe. Yeah. You know where it's like making fun of itself. Yeah, I'm into like chips, the new chips movie that's out. Oh god, I've not seen that, but not. I don't I like hope Michael it's not like that. Yeah, maybe not like that. How would yeah. you describe? Uh, well, let me let me first describe what I think the King of Kong is about because I'm sure most of our listeners have seen it. Uh, it's been out for ten years and it's right up our our dork alley. Not only is it one of the great video game documentaries ever, it's one of my favorite documentaries. Period, and I've seen a lot of them, and and this one is. It's top-notch, not just because of the subject matter, because of the characters and the story that is told throughout. I would say, simply put, I mean, get into more detail here, but the King of Kong refers to the Donkey Kong arcade game, and there was a long-standing arcade champion, Billy Mitchell, who we'll get into in great detail here, but Billy Mitchell is the guy from the 80s. He's the top guy in Pac-Man, uh, I think Centipede, like all these different arcade games, including Donkey Kong. This guy, Steve Wiebe, loses his job at one point. He becomes a teacher. He's kind of like Joe America. Like, he's just, go, he's like, you know, middle class guy. He's got a wife and kids. And as he's unemployed, he gets a Donkey Kong machine for sort of entertainment and he gets really good at it. He's really good at math. I think he ends up being a science teacher. And he, it's like his quest to take down Billy Mitchell's record in Donkey Kong. And the story, it's really focused on those two, but there's a lot of characters in between and like this twin galaxies thing, which sort of like overlooks all of video gaming. And they tell the story over, I would say several months. And there's also a lot of flashbacks to the eighties. They travel all over the place. They're in Steve Wiebe's home in Washington. They're in Billy Mitchell's home in Florida. They go to friggin' fun spot in Laconia, New Hampshire, which is one of our favorite places. Uh, but it's really the story of Steve Wiebe trying to take down Billy Mitchell. Yep. And for me, I mean, this is like, it's one of my favorite movies. I mean, it's not, and not in terms of like, I think it's the best movie ever, but right. if it's on, like, I have this on DVD, and I think it's the only DVD that I own that I still watch. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's like once, like, uh, every other month or, you know, five, six weeks or so, like, I'll watch it just because I, I think it's awesome. It really um, is. And like you said, I mean, this, what, what makes this movie great to me is that I'm a huge fan of Christopher Guest movies. Like the mockumentaries, I love, you know, Waiting for Guffman, Spinal Tap. Um, Best in Show. Best in Show, like movies, movies like that. And this is like one of those movies where it's a documentary that's so ridiculous. So ridiculous. But it's real. Oh, it's, Like these people it's real. are real. It's, unbel- it's unbelievable. And like that's exactly how Christopher Guest comes up with the stuff because best in show was it might be my favorite and they're all great but because 
you know, I always grew up, we're, we're dog people. Like, we've always been dog people. Yeah. And we're not, like, nuts dog people, but, like, we know dog people like that. And so we've we've run across people who are just that serious about their dogs or their show dogs or all this stuff. And, like, the things that they say you think are insane, but you know, like, you know, that comes from somewhere. Like, they didn't make that up. And so right. this is, none of these are actors. These are all real people. And they think this is the biggest deal in the world. Right. And it's it's unbelievable. Like some of the stuff they say is literally right out of like a comedy movie. And you're like, there's no way. Like one of my favorite guys, there's this one guy, his name is Greg Bond. Greg Bond. <laughs> Greg Bond is amazing. And so they just they just bring him in and clearly like the guys doing the documentary just interview. He doesn't even play Donkey Kong, or at least not competitively. No. He is the Mappy champion. He is billed right. as Greg Bond Mappy champion. Now Mappy, for many of you who wouldn't know this was an old Namco game, and basically it's a side-scroller, and you're a police officer mouse. You're a mouse yeah. You're a mouse dressed up as a police officer, and you have to get through all these levels. So I don't know how he did it or who cared, but he is the Mappy champion. And they're interviewing him, and he says, I forget his exact lines. I wish we could play the cuts, but I don't want to deal with the copyright stuff. He says, yeah. he's like, he's talking about Steve. I think he saw Steve play. He's like, I mean, he... He he could beat Billy, but he's gonna have to have like a really really good round. <laughs> but like the sincerity on his face, and he's just like, yeah, yeah it, it could happen. Like like he's like that was the biggest deal in the world to him at that time was somebody and else beating another video game guy. Because he's like sweating, and he's like, I don't know if he knows the tricks that Billy knows. Yes, that's, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. He's like, he I mean, he seems like a really good player, but I just I don't know if he, I don't know if he knows all the tricks. I was I was like yeah. this, and he was dead serious. And I'm like, I'm not making fun of the guy. I just, I love him. I, lo- I love how passionate he was about that. And I wish I got a chance to see him play Mappy. I would like to watch him take that little mouse police officer and, and just, you know, solve all the mysteries. Because Well, I think, I think what, it, what this is going to lead into, Richard, hopefully, and in my heart, I just, I know that this is what my life has been building towards, is me and you going to Fun Spot, which is like, in, and this is one of the other great things about this movie, too. Like, you and I, throughout our childhood and adolescence, spent so much time at being from New Hampshire and going to Fun Spot was, yes. like, my, my summer. Like, that's, like, oh, yeah. th- that was my whole summer. That's all I wanted to do. And now you, you watch this movie and you come to find that Fun Spot is, like, the mecca of, like, classic gaming tournaments. Like if, and they even say in the movie, if you want to, like, set a high score, if you want to be recognized, you have to do it at Fun Spot. At Fun Spot. It's, like, a, it's amazing that they, they go into that detail. And that's funny, too, because, you know, one of the last times... So if, no, if you've never been to Fun Spot, it, it's, it's, a great, it's a great place, obviously, but it is specifically carved out for the old-school arcade. Like, you don't go there expecting to play some of these crazy new games. Like, they, they have some of those mixed in. But some of the floors there are just, you know, Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, Donkey Kong, yep. Donkey Kong Jr., like um, uh, Galaga, like all the, like they have all of those games. And and I tell, yeah, and it's me, and I tell people like the outer ring, like a, think of a huge room, but the whole outside of the room are so many pinball machines that you can just get your hand in to hit the paddles. Like that's all the room there is. Yes. There's like six inches on either side, and that's it. Like they're just wall to wall. Oh, it's slammed. It's unbelievable. And this actually, I forget how old I was or, or which time I recognized it. The first time I ever was aware of Billy Mitchell was at Fun Spot because there's yep. a huge poster of Billy Mitchell. Is it Pac Man or Miss Pac Man? It's Pac Man. He did the perfect Pac Man game at Fun Spot. Yeah, he had a perfect Pac Man score, and it's him next to the machine. He's given like a thumbs up, and correct me if I'm wrong. Is he wearing a piano key necktie? No, it's an American. It's the Statue of Liberty American oh, right. <laughs> necktie with black jeans and like white high tops, like just the most <laughs> Billy Mitchell he can be. He's so Billy you know? Mitchell. He is. He is a supervillain from a movie. He is. He, uh, yeah. He's like Lex Luthor of the video game world. He's got a. Like if you th- yeah, go ahead. Yeah, if you thought that like. Um, Think of an eight, a guy who was good at video games in the eighties, who like bullied other kids by because you know they weren't as good as him. Like, yeah. what would that guy look like? And you would think like, oh, he has like this like wispy mustache and like kind of like a mullet and blah blah blah. That's exactly what Billy Mitchell looks like. Billy Mitchell, and so like yeah, in the eighties he had like the, the crappy mustache, but now he's yeah. got he's got like a tightly uh, kept beard. 
but then he has like the long hair. It's not it's not officially a mullet because there is a little bit of a party in the front as well, but it's it's yeah. it's more mullet ish. And he like he runs like a hot sauce company in Florida. <laughs> I think he he, but, he 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 says he's like the king of hot sauce or whatever. Now he is, yeah, yeah. He's, and he's also the I, I, world's best gamer. And so yeah. they, it was originally uh, like in the '80s, like they had all these people come out and like you had to submit your scores. And you go, and then you competed in all these different events, and they were gonna like you know start to start to you know point at like uh one of like keep track of all these different high scores. And so Billy Mitchell, that's where he met Steve Sanders. <laughs> not oh, the, what a wiener that guy is! Not the guy from nine hundred two and zero, but not Steve Sanders, guy, but, and yeah. he's his friend. And so he lied about one of his scores and was invited to this big thing. Was that like in New York or whatever? And then he got. Oh, no, was it? It was at. Uh... Uh, Atumwa, Iowa, at the Twin Galaxies, <laughs> Twin Galaxies Arcade, right, and right, they right. wanted to see who the fastest thumbs in the. I remember, I, I know this movie like in and out by yeah. rote. Like I just know yeah. this movie. But yeah, that's what it was. And so, so Billy kind of exposed Steve Sanders as being like a liar. But ever since then, they've been like best friends. Yeah. Well. And, well. Sort of. I think Steve Sanders believes that him and Billy Mitchell are best friends. I don't really think Billy Mitchell has any. I don't think he has any. Yeah, but you, you know what's interesting is, yeah, Steve Sanders wants to be best friends with Billy Mitchell. However, not as much as Brian Koo does. Let me tell I can't wait to talk about Brian Koo. But I, I, let on, me finish the thought, though. Just, yeah, yeah, go, I was, yeah, I was, I let me just, finish the thought. Go ahead. You go first. My whole gig in getting into this podcast is has been leading up to you and I going to Fun Spot oh, yeah. and sitting down and interviewing Billy Mitchell. Oh my God! Th- like if we do that, I'm yeah, done. Yeah, but he doesn't like, go anymore. He's he, we're going to get to it. I think he's a bit of a coward. Oh, but my point is, you know, we might not get Billy Mitchell, but you know who we're definitely going to get is Brian Fucking Koo. We're going to get that guy, <laughs> and I got I got some things to say to him. Brian Koo is a like a leech, and he's like, yeah. he is he stinks. And he, Brian Koo yeah. is such an asshole in this movie because he is such a Billy Mitchell suck-up wannabe. Now, if I was Steve Wiebe, now Steve, I don't even think he cared that much about Brian Koo. But no. so in this movie, uh, part of it is at the, the place that takes place or the time at Fun Spot, Steve Wiebe goes because he's going to try to set a record because they're like, hey, you, you really got to set a record in public. Because he originally taped one, and now it's so much easier to tape and twitch and do all the stuff. Right. But back in the day, you would like videotape like the screen and like the console or whatever, and then you would submit a VHS tape to be like, "Hey, this is my score." And so Steve Wiebe got over a million points in Donkey Kong, which was a record at the time. Sends that in, and they're like, "Oh yeah, like that's yeah, you know, looks good." And then turns out that he got part of the Donkey Kong board from Roy Schilt. A.K.A. Mr. Awesome. Mr. Awesome. (laughs) This guy. I'm pissed we didn't get more Roy Schilt in this movie. I wanted to hear what Roy Schilt had to say. There's a lot going on with Roy Schilt, who at one point was a champion in something. Uh, Missile Command. Missile Command, thank you. And then Billy Mitchell, uh, he's basically Billy's nemesis. Like, these guys hate each other. But now, Mr. Awesome is not just a video game player. He's also a uh, ladies' man and a a, a pickup artist. Oh, yeah. Where he has some things that are very borderline when he's talking about the ladies. Oh, yeah. I think he's... Yeah, I don't, we, we can't repeat it I think he's a bit of a, wives and daughters. I think he's yeah. a bit of a sexist, Mr. Awesome. He is. But anyway, so um, they threw... The, the Twin Galaxies threw out the high score uh, that, that Steve Wiebe had submitted. And so they, then they had guys come to his house and look at his board. Like, they were, like, so into it. It was like the FBI. But it was, like, yeah. these two jerk-offs that showed up, and they're like, we need to see this Donkey Kong uh, board. So long story short, Steve Wiebe says, all right, I'm going to fly from the state of Washington to Fun Spot to set a new record. I'm going to play there, and people can see me do it live. And he was under the impression that Billy was going to be there as well, and he wasn't. Right. And who does he send? His pissant friend, Brian Koo. Brian Koo, who at that point had, I think, the fifth highest score in Donkey Kong. He still does. I don't even think he's in the top ten anymore. No, no, he's not even close. And you know what the you yeah. know what I would have done? If I was Steve Wiebe, because Brian Koo had like half a million points. And Wiebe yeah. was like consistently getting like 800, 900, and he like was trying to get to a million. If I was Wiebe, I just would have done like ten scores better than Koo and just like to get him out of the leaderboard. Right. But Koo, like a little snake, keeps calling 
And the best was this was like on like he's going to like a landline. He's like he keeps going over to like a landline, and he yeah. so he keeps calling Billy Mitchell. He's like oh, he's on stage two, and like he you know he looks pretty good. Like these are his points, and like, he just like keeps checking in with him. And you're like this guy is a made up character. Like there's no way there's a real person like this. And then he kept going. He kept like, he kept trying to like jinx him too. Like he kept like walking up to him and being like oh like, like standing behind him. Yeah, and then he, and then he's like talking to the camera like clearly with an earshot. Being like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, like he's doing all right, but I don't know, like there's like there's a lot of tough levels, and like he might not get some of like the the things unpredictable, and you're like, what? Like shut up. Yeah, even even Billy says this machine's possessed. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, you're a you're a loser. And so let me get in on Brian Koo. Get right? in there. Get in First there. First of all, this guy he describes himself. He retired. He's like 30 years old. He's retired. He was like an investment guy. He's like a yeah, right. He retired, moved to Laconia, New Hampshire, <laughs> bought a cabin. <laughs> and he, and he, all he does every day is he gets up, and I remember this. He's gonna have like three hard-boiled eggs and four strips of well-done bacon, and then I'm gonna play some great video games. Like this guy is a jabroni. He is the worst. He is the worst. Like this is this guy's life. He lives walking distance to Fun Spot, and he just goes to Fun Spot every day. Like Fun Spot. Every time I go to Fun Spot, yeah. I look for that motherfucker, <laughs> and I just want to corner him. Fun- the best part about Brian Koo, though. Yeah, when he's it? standing there, and I want you to watch this movie again, for those of you who have seen it, the orange shirt he's wearing when he just he's like trying to psych out Steve Weeby and he's on the phone with Billy, you can tell that he just pulled it out of the box and threw it on because it's got like the lines in it. Oh, like, perfect. <laughs> yeah. He like, knew he was going to be on such camera. A boner. Yeah. yeah. You didn't even, you bought a new shirt because you knew you were going to be on camera and you didn't even iron it. I bet there's still pins in it, like sticking him. <laughs> I hope so. And then, the, oh, so God, at the I end of so. Donkey Kong, if you get to like the last level, which none of us have, they do a great job pointing out in the game. They're like, most Donkey Kong games end in like level two or three after like a few minutes. I'm like, yep, that's me when I play Donkey I've Kong. I've never gotten past the elevators in no. Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong, and like, I've played the Nintendo version more than I've played like the arcade version, but either way, it's a hard, it's a hard game. And if you get to the end, like, the game just, like, ran out of memory or whatever, so there's a kill screen. So, like, you don't even die, and then all of a sudden, like, Mario is dead. And so Brian Koo is, like, walking around. He's, like, because Steve Weeby's like, crushing this game, and he, like, knows, like, the kill screen is going to happen. So he goes around to all the people playing video games, like, minding their own business, playing whatever. He's, like, there's about to be a Donkey Kong kill screen if you want to watch. There's a kill screen. Donkey Kong kill screen. He's trying to get, like, the biggest audience possible. And so they all get behind Weeby, and it's like, yeah, the pressure's on him. And to his credit, he's able to get the kill screen. And then Brian Koo is like, I was really hoping to get the first kill screen at Fun Spot. I'm like, bro, your numbers are half of what Weeby's are. You're never going to get the kill screen. You're a joke. (laughs) You're terrible at the game, and you're a terrible person as well. And I know if he heard me say that, he'd be like, well, I'm better than you at Donkey Kong. Like, I know. No shit. That's why I don't play it, because (laughs) I know that I'm not that good. Cut it out. Now, do you, I know we're jumping all around because there's no real easy way to, to attack this whole thing. Do you think somebody like Billy Mitchell would be good at Overwatch? No, because he's good. At, he would. He, first of all, you have to a game like Overwatch, as we found out last night. You ha, you rely on other people. Yeah, that's not for him. You know what I mean? Like, do you? I would just love to see him like two on two. Like, could you imagine him and Brian Koo? Like playing, um, <laughs> so there's a scene where they're talking about Steve Weeby, and it's Steve Sanders and Billy Mitchell sitting next to each other. Yes, and in, the, in his restaurant, saying, right in Billy's restaurant. Yeah, and Steve Sanders is saying something like, you know, you know, he's he's actually like being kind of cool to Steve Weeby in his situation and all that stuff. He's a really nice. He's saying he's how nice guy he is, and Billy Mitchell is just staring at yes. him, yes, like just grilling him. Yes, and that's why I was going to say Steve to me isn't all bad because he got. He talked to he talked to Steve for a while, and then he was like defending him in front of the camera, and he's like, "What do you think, Billy?" And Billy was staring bolts through him, and then he just says, "I don't really know him. I couldn't speak to that." Yeah, <laughs> but like, the whole time the he's fuck? just he's just mean mugging Steve Sanders the whole time. He is like he's pissed that he's like my friend is saying something kind of nice about my yeah. my enemy. For there's no reason why he's he's his enemy, but <laughs> no, there's none. There's 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 no, there's no reason for it. And Steve Steve went to fun spot and he goes down to Florida like a block from Billy's house to play and Billy does show up but he doesn't even he doesn't even talk about doesn't even play yeah he doesn't even play the goddamn game Weeby's just playing there he, he flies his wife and his kids out who by the way Steve Weeby's wife Nicole I think oh my God. I think pretty good looking I'll be honest 
No? For him, yeah. She's not bad. Not no, bad. I think, I, well, you know what? I think I was sympathetic towards her because I'm like, her husband would rather play Donkey Kong than have any interaction with her. And I'm like, so I kind of felt bad for her. Maybe I could swoop in there. But uh, the kids, how ridiculous is it? The kids where he's playing, when he got the million points and he sent the tape yep. in, his kid's screaming at him to wipe him. And he's like, he wouldn't do it. I'm like, that his is- kid was playing Outlast 2. Had an accident. <laughs> Just all over himself. He's like, uh, just hold on. He's like, Dad, I have shit all over my legs and back. You need to get in here. And he's like, I got, I got to get a million. I'm about to set the record. His kids, his kids hate Donkey Kong. Oh my god, they yeah. both do. They hate it. They're like, they're like, no Donkey Kong. And then at one point, his daughter's like, what? She says something. I forget the, With exact- the Guinness World Book of Records. He's trying to set the Guinness World Book of Records. Yeah, the yeah. Guinness record. And, and he's start- like, a yeah. lot of people ruin their lives trying to get those. <laughs> my god i was like that and is think, nuts yeah and i think that's the best part like just talking about steve Weeby, like everybody he knows when they describe him they just describe him as just like a loser oh it's so and bad he's not like he's not a bad di- like he's just like like you said he's an everyman like he's just a nice guy yeah who just happens to be good at this and everyone just shits on him they dump they just dump on him and his wife's like you know, like he's just had so many losses in his life, and you know yeah. he gets fixated on these things because of the OCD, and he just so many letdowns and failures. I'm like, what? I'm like, you married him? You have yeah, kids? Like you have one, kids with him? In one point, his mother says like he might be autistic. I was like, Jesus like, Christ! Like, God damn it! Like, he seems guy, normal. Just, he seems like a normal dude. He he likes yeah. the game. We'll give him a little break. He's not, like he's doing heroin. Like he's yeah. playing Donkey Kong in his garage. Now, yes, he should have wiped his kid's ass when he had the chance. But still, he was just he's playing a game. And then they're like bringing up. They're like, yeah, he was a good pitcher, and and then he, in high school, and then he got hurt, and he couldn't pitch in the championship. I'm like, because his dad burned him out. His dad was the coach, and his dad like over like <laughs> just left him out there. His dad pitched him too much. You, you got to remember the '80s. This was pre-pitch count. He was just yeah. out there wheeling and dealing. But like that's that's everybody. Every like non-professional athlete. That's like you and me in ten years. We're like, you know, I was really good, and then I, you know, I got hurt. And you're like, what? No, you you wouldn't, I, you wouldn't have been a pro. Knock it off. No, yeah, I know. I was I was doing really well, and then I just injury after injury. I'm like, no, you weren't that good. <laughs> no, dude, you were fine. You were a, you were a decent high school pitcher. To, like, you're not you're not a loser for not making it to the pros. Like, just you're, like nobody and does. His mother's like, he was one of, in one of the first. He's from Washington, so like he was one of like the first like starving grunge bands, and it's like shows him like playing drums in a band that's like playing in a high school auditorium <laughs> that's like a quarter full. I'm like, I think there were other bands. I'm like, I, don't, yeah. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but there were there were other bands um, in that area. Yeah, but yeah. So Steve, Wiebe, oh, so my other thing with um with Billy Mitchell going back to him is so Steve Weeby celebrates breaking the record at Fun Spot, which he does. He do, he doesn't get to a million, right? He gets like nine hundred something thousand. Yeah. He celebrates that for all of ten seconds because <laughs> fucking Billy Mitchell had sent a videotape up to Fun Spot and didn't he give the funny the 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 tape to Doris Self? Yes, he gives no, it, he sa- he sent it with her. Yeah, he sent it with Doris. So Doris is this elderly lady who has befriended Billy Mitchell. She apparently is the Cubert champion. Yes. Now I don't know how many of you have ever played Cubert. I had it for Nintendo. I never played the arcade version. That game sucks. The game I don't even know how to play Cubert. So you start you're this fucking weird looking shape of a thing. You look like a balloon with legs and or like like an octopus type <laughs> legs. It's it's the weirdest thing. And you stand on top of a pyramid, right? And right. like all of the the pyramid has all these different like steps, like all the way down, and you need every time you step on it, it changes the color. So you need to hit all the things. And then as the levels go on, like other creatures show up and like every time they jump on it, they change the color back. And sometimes you need to hit the color twice. And it's just a it's a dumb like stupid game. And the the controller's kind of sensitive and you can accidentally like jump off of the pyramid and then you're dead. And you're like, why would I jump off? Like, I don't want to jump off of the pyramid. Like, the first time I played it, I was, like, sitting at the top of the thing, and I kept hitting, like, right, but it wasn't going right down. It was going right up, and it just makes this noise. It's like, whee! Like, you just, like, fly off, and you're like, come on, Qbert! But anyway, so she's the Qbert champion, 
and he makes the same joke like three times. Billy Mitchell, he's like, he's like, hey, you can lose your luggage, but don't lose this tape. And then he said something. Then he said the same thing about like Brian Koo. He's like, I told him he can like lose his he can lose his luggage or is he, he can lose his life, but don't lose this tape. And you're like, all right, Billy, yeah. we're, we'll get the tape. So they put the they put the tape in, and this this blew me away. They put the tape in at Fun Spot. They like wheel in like everybody's classroom from back in the day. They wheel in the TV with like with the video with the VHS. They pop in a, a thing, and it's Billy Mitchell who coincidentally gets over a million points. Uh, he pre he taped it. He did it at his house or whatever. Taped a million points. Sent it in. They wouldn't give Weeby credit for the record on tape because it was on tape. They said it's really important to do these these live. So he flies the fun spot, sets the record, has the record for 10 seconds because they pop in Billy's tape and Billy beats that record. And they're all, they all love Billy. Like they look at Billy like basically like, like cult people look up to like the leader of their cult. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like they, like that's how, that's what they like, like Charles Manson's family, like looks up to him. The same way, <laughs> the same way. Like David Koresh and like Waco, like it, that was. Don't you think? It, don't you think it kind of is? Because oh, it, it totally, it totally is. And no one. And I would say one thing about that video too. Did you notice that like he even filmed it stupidly, so they had to turn the TV on its side. Not only did he film it stupidly, but before he gets to a million points, it clearly like, edited. It's clearly edited, and they're saying nope, like it checks out, and. And so Steve Wiebe's out probably, I don't know, getting a hot dog or something. He misses the video. He comes back. They're telling him about it. And then yeah. Wiebe's like, well, do you think I can watch it? And fucking Brian Koo is like, no, it was only a one-time showing. Like, you're sorry you missed it. Yeah. Oh, my like, God. I just wanted to punch Koo, Brian Koo in the face. You asshole. And then uh, Walter Day. We haven't mentioned him yet, but Walter no, Day. We'll, yeah, we'll get to him. You're not you're not safe yet, Mr. Transcendental Meditation. You're not safe. <laughs> he He's a bit of a prick, too. He's the founder of Twin Galaxies. And so he, not until the end, finally recognizes Weeby as like a good challenger. But like he has this whole thing fixed for Billy. Because it's almost like, oh, we're not relevant without Billy. So we're going to like bend over backwards to have Billy be the champ. Right. And Billy, like, all the one-liners Billy has, like, he is the perfect villain. Like, he is the and, most and cocky was, guy in the world. It's awesome. And he says, when they show the tape and everyone's cheering for the tape, he says one of the cockiest but dumbest things I've ever heard. He goes, into the phone, he goes, right, I, I guess uh, Helena Troy didn't even have that much attention. I'm like, <laughs> you're a nerd. You're a loser. Like, you're an absolute loser. He's a loser. Like, that's your, that you, and he's been sitting on that line. You know he thought of that, and, and like he was just sitting and just waiting for the video to end so he could say it. Well, he, he has so many of these lines, and he also catches it. Like, he's such a hypocrite, too, because he has this whole spiel about how, you know, really the only records are, like, live records. And, like, you know, you got to play live. Like, that, that is how you set a record, like, with the, pr- with the pressure on. People can watch you. Like, it's got to be live, got to be live, got to be live. Then he sends a friggin' tape up with the Q-Bert champion, and the next thing you know, he's the, he's the, the, the top guy again. You know, and then poor Steve Weeby's crying. We Weeby, made Steve Weeby cry. Weeby's crying. He's crying. Yeah, he they, they, they he broke Steve Weeby. Now, to his credit, Weeby bounces back. He then goes to Florida, right in Billy's backyard, and he's just playing for hours. His his kid. There's two kids who hate who hate him, and his wife, who I think at this point is very mixed and may may be stepping out or is at least having thoughts of stepping out, is at the pool. And at the beach, meanwhile, her her grown man husband is playing Donkey Kong for hours. Yeah, yeah, just just crazy. And then Billy Mitchell shows up with his wife and doesn't play; just kind of walks around weirdly. Steve Weeby even says, "Oh, hey, Billy." Billy doesn't say anything to him. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just so, walks by him, just dusts him. It's so bad with his wife. His like totally like Elvira looking wife with yeah. the big fake cans. Cans you know, out. She's like, have you ever, and they ask her, like, have you ever seen your husband play video games? And she's like, no. Yeah. And they're like, they ask her, they're like, what's his schedule? Like, well, well, he works here and he does this, so his schedule's really flexible, so if there's something going on at the school. Or yeah, like it's a, bizarre, a thing, right? Like he can go. Yeah. She's never By seen the way, play. did you know Billy Mitchell's kid is a five-star kicker in high school? No way. Really? Right yeah. now? Yeah, right now. That is funny. The well, it's down in Florida. No, no, interesting. He's down in Florida, and he's like a, like a, Sought after football recruit. He's a kicker. Oh my god! Just, yeah, Billy. So there, that is Billy Mitchell. Mm-hmm. But yeah. anyway, there's two people we need to talk about right now. Go ahead. 
One of them that we not, we don't have on the Robert Mirzak, the head the head referee of Twin <laughs> of Twin Galaxies, the head like the tape watcher. Yes, the guy with the Doom shirt. Yes, that guy is a piece of shit. He is. Yeah, I just want to say that right now. I hate that guy. And he's sitting there with his like he's got his five pound weight. And he's doing like forearm curls in his house while he's watching like you know Donkey Kong or like Centipede. He's like, and remember the whole thing with like Roy Shield. He's like the right gummy substance on the right chip could make for a fraudulent score. I'm like, you're a dickhead. He, yeah, he also seems like a like a made-up guy. Like, he's right out of the Christopher Guest universe. Yeah, who's the guy that sits in his basement and watches a six-hour mappy game, you know, or a 24-hour nibbler performance as he's just sitting there, like, in his basement? What does that guy look like? Nibbler. I'm going to talk about nibbler later, but we'll... But, Dude, I would, yeah. I would watch Greg Bond. Greg Bond is the only guy... Well, maybe Weeby a little bit, but again, the I don't, I'm not sure. I don't know. I I like Weeby comes across as you f- you do feel bad for him, but the fact that his kids hate it so much, I'm like I just don't know. <laughs> yeah, and but, uh, but anyway, Walter Day. Yeah, Walter Day. We yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, uh, the head of Twin Galaxies started the whole thing and kind of a visionary in the whole competitive video gaming. Thing. I mean, now it's a huge thing. I mean, like we we said, that, you know, the University yeah. of Utah is now offering scholarships for video games. I mean, Walter, this I honestly don't believe that competitive video gaming would be a thing without Twin Galaxies and without Walter Day. Like he's actually that big of a deal. Um, yeah. But you see him, and I think he he has like two outfits. Like he has like the referee shirt. And, yeah, that's like, all that's he needs. It. That's all he needs. <laughs> that he just walks around wearing like a football ref jersey, and he's like the video game referee. Yeah, but this poor guy, and you could tell that he <laughs> he needs Billy Mitchell to promote what he does. Yes, exactly. And it's never it's never more apparent than when like stuff like the videotape happened, where he just like is just all like every everything's Billy Mitchell. Like he's he thinks he's a rock star. He thinks he's the Michael Jordan. He he calls him a Jedi at one point. Like this guy is just swinging. From Billy Mitchell's balls. So what's the deal, though, you think, with Billy Mitchell? Because clearly he has set enough records in person where, like, he is legit. Like, he is really good at these games. But then, more recently, you know, and, and throughout the documentary, we don't see him play live. Like, no. we, don't, we, ne- we, don't, we never see him play live once in the whole, what is it, like, hour and a half, two hours. It's crazy. No, you never see him play. And it's funny, though, because, you know, he's... You see him, they cut to things where he's on, you know, uh, G4 with that old channel, and he's on, like, Attack of the Show, and they're yeah. talking to him about games. So he's obviously, like, the show pony for this whole classic video game culture. Like, he's the guy. But, like, he has to be about- good, though. Like, like Fun Spot oh, saw him he set a perfect record. Okay, yeah. But it's like, you know, old people say, you know, Scottie Pippen was a you know Hall of Fame basketball player, too, but you don't really ever talk about Scottie Pippen. You talk about yeah. Michael Jordan. Yeah. He's the one who made all the money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of the situation with Twin Galaxies is that they've sunk so much promotion and so much stuff into Billy Mitchell that they can't have him get beaten by somebody else. You know what I mean? Right. At least that's how I viewed it. Yeah, no, I think I think that's a, that's a big part of it. Now, when the... So the last thing we see is the, the last like record is still Billy Mitchell's taped record. Like Steve Weeby goes to Florida. He plays for like three days. He can't beat it. And so he's like, he's upset and he's done. But then during like the closing credits of the movie. So after they had stopped filming, but before they had released it, Steve Weeby sets a new record. So Steve Weeby, when, when we're, when it's all said and done, when you're done watching the movie, Steve Weeby by like, not that many, like 10,000 points or whatever. Like he is the new Donkey Kong champion. Yes, both live and taped. He has the two highest scores. Yes, yep. live and taped. Yeah, because then they were saying, "Oh, right, you have the live score," because Billy obviously didn't have the high live score. But right. then you look this stuff up, and Billy Mitchell uh, then surpassed that. Yes, I guess so. In uh, let's see, I got a few notes here. In two thousand seven, uh, there was a celebration of the film's release, and it was also the twenty fifth anniversary of Mitchell's first record setting performance. So Mitchell played the Donkey Kong record, and he had a score of one million fifty thousand two hundred. Um, wow! He and did then, it live? I think he. I think it. I think they said he did it live. Uh, and then, but then there was a, a plastic surgeon out of New York named Hank Chin. Yep. Who then surpassed Mitchell's score 
three years later, Twin Galaxies once again certified Billy Mitchell as the record holder with 1,062,800. This coincided with the first induction ceremony for the International Video Game Hall of Fame. Mitchell set the new record playing at the uh, Boomer's Grand Prix Arcade in Denia, Florida, where he played for two hours and 42 minutes before quitting once he topped Chen's score. Uh, When asked why he quit early, Mitchell said, quote, Some say I'm being cocky. Some say I'm being lazy. I say I'm being Billy Mitchell. End quote. (laughs) (laughs) He also set the record in Donkey Kong Jr., but then on September 9th, 2010, he lost the title, this time to Mark Keel. Uh, Steve Wiebe, in 2010, regains the, 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 uh, the high score, but then Hank Chin, the guy we mentioned before, he breaks it in January 2011, um, and then Chen beat, he topped his own score again, uh, and then let's jump ahead to 2014, somebody named Robbie Lakeman achieves a score of 1,141,800, that is a record, then Wes Copeland uh, beats a record, then Robbie Lakeland, and then Wes Copeland again. So they've gone back and forth. The most recent that I have is May 5th, 2016. So last yeah. last year, Wes Copeland live-streamed, because now it's a lot easier to do that kind of thing. Yes, it's very easy to do now. Yeah, 1.218 million points. The significance of this score is that Copeland was able to make it to the final barrel board on his first man, making it a perfect wow. game. So Copeland then announces retirement for whatever the hell that means. So Wes Copeland, I believe, is your high score. And I was also doing some research on Donkey Kong. Apparently, uh, Eminem, the rapper, claims to have some really crazy high score. Not like this, but like pretty good. Like, like he's competitive. Like 100,000 or like something or more. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, that's pretty like, good. That's pretty good. I mean, if, the game is for hard. any of us normal people who have yeah. ever played Donkey Kong, like I can't get past the second level. Without without popping in another quarter, like that's just it, it's it's brutally difficult. It's and so hard. Yeah, it gets so hard it. quick too. That game. Yeah. Um, you know what? Other game yeah. gets hard quick is Rad Racer Two. Oh yeah. Like you hell? don't see you go up the crest and you don't see the turns coming. Like you uh, have to memorize those, right? I think so. I you mean, they, they give you like a heads up, but it's still. I feel like I feel like I'm missing like a turbo boost or something because you can have like a pretty clean race in that, and you still barely get the checkpoints. Yeah, the pain. Yes, but anyway. Um, uh, hey, by the way, yes. uh, you forgot to mention in reading out all these scores. Um, uh, I didn't hear Brian Coos name anywhere. <laughs> no, Brian Is Coos, that an oversight? Brian Coos terrible. Uh, I don't know what oh, Brian Coos okay. up to, but maybe we'll see him. Maybe we'll do a, uh, a hashtag dork up at uh, Fun Spot. Maybe they'll let us record there. Be like, hey, we uh, big fan of the place. Set us up in a room. Yep. We'll record, or we can at least get some interviews. We can just interview. You know what we should do? Go up there and just interview people. And ask them if they know who Billy Mitchell is, or if they know who Brian Koo is. As we're, as we're standing next to the huge picture of Billy Mitchell, yeah. Like, Do you know who Billy Mitchell is? Yeah, yeah. That's because it's a life size picture. I don't know if you guys know that, but it it, it certainly is. Uh, do you have anything? Maybe we can go across the street. We can hit the go karts. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think that sounds like a sounds like a nice time. Now there's a hit, lo- the, hit the drive-in movie theater later. The, yes, a double yeah. feature probably. Mm-hmm. Final thoughts on the King of Kong, a fistful of quarters, which we try to do the best we could, but there's there's a lot in there. I, rec- I I highly recommend it. Even if we sort of gave some of the stuff away, it is absolutely worth going back and watching. Yeah, and you almost had Angry Davy. Angry Davy almost came out when talking about Brian Koo. <laughs> Brian Koo, he's the worst character in here, right? Oh, absolutely, because he's just such such like a like a sycophant, like just like just a. I, I, I the, like the butt boy of Billy Mitchell is is strong, but that's who he is. Yeah, because like Billy Mitchell, like he he's like a villain, but like you could still like like I like a, like a, like a cocky character who can like right, back it up, sure. and like he's a prick, but like whatever, like he's he's great, like he's just you know what he is. But Brian Koo sucks and like just wants to be friends with that guy, and it's just he's annoying. So like he he's the worst character uh, by far. Yeah. So well, the final thoughts on that, like Brian Koo's terrible. Um, yep. But this is definitely a movie you if if you like what we like. I mean, this is a movie you definitely have to see, and it's it's available. I think it's on Amazon. I don't think it's on Netflix. It's but, not right now. I think it might cycle through. But I, I looked; it it wasn't on there now. There is a movie on Netflix that I actually watched um, called Man vs. Snake. Oh, I was gonna. I have not seen that yet. They, they said it's like the de facto sequel to this. It is because uh, it's about a guy who plays Nibbler, and it's it, Nibbler's a game that like nobody wants to play. No. Sounds terrible. Because it's not one, it's not that good. And two, it like 
you can just potentially go on forever. Oh, you know. Oh. Um, so yeah. the guy does like a, but he scored a billion points on Nibbler. <laughs> and the guy's name, the guy's name is Timothy McVeigh. <laughs> like, <laughs> like his name's Tim McVeigh, but not that Tim McVeigh. Oh, that's terrible. But so the the reason I bring it up is because there's a battle that goes back and forth between there's there's a, both of these guys. So one of the guys, uh, Dwayne Peters, shows up in King of. There's a lot of people in this movie that are in King of Kong, including um, Dwayne Peters, Walter Day, um, and Billy Mitchell. And, Bill- and, Ooh. and Billy Mitchell is actually a nice guy. Like in this movie, I think they did it. I think the guy they felt bad. Oh, interesting. I don't think in real life. But I'm just, we're just talking like in the movie. Like Billy Mitchell's a prick. Like in this movie, yeah. But I don't think he's that bad of a guy. I think they just kind of editing and you know he was playing it up and all this stuff. But. I think so too. And like that's like his arcade persona too. Like right. I'm sure he's like, like again he's married. He's got kids. He's really nice to that old lady who plays Cooper. Like I'm sure, yeah. and, and he's like a businessman. He, he's got a restaurant. Like I'm sure he's a nice guy. I actually li- I like the fact that when it when it becomes you know arcade time, he turns into an asshole. I think that's great. And, and in this movie, in Man vs. Snake, he's actually a pretty normal, nice guy. I'll have to so, watch that. And Walter Day still screws, like, he screws another kid who, like, <laughs> set the Nibbler record. He's, he's uh, Italian. The Nibbler record. Get he's, out of here. And, and this kid actually broke Tim McVeigh's record, <laughs> but he's Italian. So, like, well, we don't have any hard... It, it was reported in the paper. They had him on, on the news. They had him, like, interviewed people who were there when he did it. And Walter Day's like, well, we don't have any real evidence that he did it. Yeah, I don't know what his problem is. I know. I don't know what's funnier that the game is called Nibbler or the guy's name is Tim McVeigh. And basically, all Nibbler is is Snake. Sucks. Like it's the game Snake. Sucks. Like, <laughs> Sucks. What yeah, game terrible. is there? Is there a game out there where you feel like if you only played that game and focused all your attention on that game, you could get not like these guys, but like like in the mix? Like, what, what would be your game that you would fixate on? Oh. So I remember playing a lot. You know what game I really loved was uh, Ring King. What? Which I one really was, liked that which game. One was that Ring was the King? boxing one. Oh yeah, 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 could, like, yeah. Yeah, you could like knock people like off that. That or the original Star Wars with the. It was like 3D, but it was like all like vectors and like you yes. know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I really like that. Or super my super hang on the one with the the motorcycle. Oh yeah, okay. you had to like lean it. Yep. Like yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um. All right. so I could I could still spend four hours in Fun Spot right now, and not even break. A sweat. I definitely could, especially now. I'm going to yeah. bring my recorder and just interview all these people. I think that's going to be the way to go. Yeah. All absolutely. right. So anyway, uh, King of Kong is is tremendous, and it, it's reviewed. You know, when it came out, it was on a lot of the year's best movies, things, year's best documentaries. I think uh, Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's like high 90s. I believe like it's yeah, like 98 percent. Yeah, it's 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 really well received. So I would uh, definitely check it out. And now I'm going to have to check out. Man versus Snake. Yep. To see the Nibbler, see the Nibbler champion. Uh, shout out to Greg Bond once again, the Mappy champion. If he's listening, uh, big the man with the dent in his head. Big, big, big fan of uh, yeah. of him. All right, you ready for the next portion of the program? Let's do it. Pick of the bomb. Pick of the bomb. Pick of the bomb. Pick of the bomb. All right, Ryan. Uh, pick of the podcast time. What do you got for us? Well, I got two now. So right now I got two. I already mentioned one. Um, Man vs. Snake, if you've seen King of Kong and you really liked it, see Man vs. Snake. The other movie that I would urge you to see, which are both on Netflix, the only reason I bring them up, is Indie Game the Movie, um, which deals with indie game developers. If you like this type of documentary and kind of quirky characters, um, this this is a, a great one, and it kind of shows you like what these guys kind of go through to make it in the video game industry. So those those are my two picks of the podcast: Man vs. Snake and Indie Game the Movie. Those both sound very good. I've been watching a lot of the DC animated movies, and I think oh, yes. that down the road maybe could be a uh, a podcast topic. The most recent was Teen Titans: The Judas Contract. It's mm-hmm. it's okay. I wouldn't say you know run out and get it. I would wait until it's it's free, and I would I would watch it then. Um, but another one, uh, Justice League Doom. It's like loosely based off of the JLA, the Tower of Babel, which I mentioned yep. a week ago, and yep. that's great. Like I love that stuff because it's Justice League, but there's much more of a uh, look at Batman. Like Batman's the star of, of both of those, for better or worse. You, you know, and you, that's the you one the judge. where they they have the file. Like he has all the files on like how to beat everybody. Yes, like yes, yeah, yeah. So like that that one is uh, is pretty good. And also, I've been reading a lot of DC Rebirth stuff because they they now have like the collected volume ones. 
are out there. Uh, I mentioned last week, David, that Deathstroke is actually really good. Yeah. Yeah, and you sold your pick of the pod there. That sold me, so I actually picked that up. So. It's good. Like the the first okay. issue, you're kind of like, okay, like this is just Deathstroke, but then it really picks up, and I I really like it. I'm looking forward to. I'm trying to read more of the back stuff until I get to it, but you know, Batman and Flash have like that Watchmen stuff, like the button. I I want to get into that, but yep. I'm trying to catch up on some of the other stuff uh, prior to that. So there, those are a bunch of picks of the podcast here. Uh, you can also check us out on Twitter at Dork Podcast. You can email us dorkpodcast at gmail.com. You can buy a t-shirt. Uh, you can check out our Twitter for the link there or go to represent.com. You can go to iTunes. You can subscribe on iTunes, which is a big help. Also, eh, maybe you're bored. Throw us a, a, a rating and a review. That would be very kind of you to do all of those things. Uh, we are also, yep. you can stream us, weei.com slash dork. Davey, where can the people follow you? At Twitch and well, so next time we play. By the way, next time we play Overwatch, I'll definitely live stream it and get it on Twitch so people can see it. And so see here's how the, we interact. Here's my question, though. I, there's got to be another setting because I think last time I was watching you on Twitch, I could only hear you, and I think you were yeah, on. Yeah, so I can fi- I can fix that. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we'll definitely have to Twitch that out. We'll get the the link out for that. Also, yeah. So at uh, Arvon D on both Twitter and Twitch for Davey. Yep. Also want to thank Opie for our opening theme. And I believe Opie's got a dork-related rap coming out soon. I don't want to give too much away. I told him, I go, we would love to uh, debut it on the podcast. We'll see what he says. But that's just a little sneak peek there. And also Marcus from the Boxers podcast uh, providing us with This Week in Dork, Davey's Video Game Minute, and Pick of the Pod. (laughs) I don't know if we have use for any other intros, but maybe we do. Maybe there's, there's something else in there. All right, but we that, need one for the for the main for the topic du jour. I think we need a topic du jour intro. I don't want to oversaturate it with with intros, but I do like the do intros have, though. It gives it a little something. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So maybe maybe Marcus. I don't know what we would want. Maybe something different than the three that we got, but maybe a, a topic du jour. And or, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but if uh-oh. I would say what we could do is have Opie and Marcus put one together and have people vote. Wow, that'd blow people's minds. Yep. I wonder. Do you think we? Need, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. I don't want anyone to feel like a loser. Do you still you like? I mean? Do you still like the opening theme, or do we? Do you think that needs to be tweaked, or do you like it? I I keep it. I mean, at, at this point, we're 103 episodes in, so yeah, yeah. You know, I think we're. Brand, I like it too. For branding purposes, I think we need to keep it. All right. Well, that'll do it here uh, on hashtag Dork. We will talk to you next week where we break down Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. We will talk to you then.